This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, what does it sound like when two friends meet for the first time? Paul Pradis is an actor who danced alongside Pink on her world tours and is now performing with the musical adaptation of Disney's Aladdin. Colt and I have a fantastic conversation about life on the road, his views on Canada, his first view of Banff actually, and his passion about performing. Andy Andy Barrar battles me for the first time in game showing. We'll find out who has the chops to be on Broadway with a musical theme trivia game show on the radio. And are you okay with moose and wiener dogs? Two different stories, by the way, on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Oh, friends, sometimes the stars just align and you can be really, really lucky. Um, that's how I feel right now. I feel that um, my life has come. Actually, just as I say that, it's like this ball of emotion just sort of kind of comes up. So who knows where this is going to go. A few years ago, I reached out to a guy named Brandon Alexander and said, hey, I like what you're doing. Come on my show. And we, he's like, let's have a phone chat. So we chatted on the phone. I said to him, I said, look, one of my biggest things here is that um, I believe in the stand that when men learn how to speak to men, that's when we change the world. I said to him, I said, when men learn how to speak to men, that's when we change our relationships with women and children. And he, he stopped me. He goes, I'm in. We don't need to talk anymore. And so Brandon's become one of my dearest friends and we chat often. And um, he's been on the show a bunch of times. He's an actor and a dancer. Uh, in uh, in LA, more in the acting now. He's actually more cowboy. I mean, he spends more time on a horse. It's crazy. Um, now, the thing is, though, is that with some of the work that Brandon had done, he does the video podcasts, and they do video podcasts because they're all painfully handsome. That's why they do these video things on YouTube, him and his friends. They're all actors, right? So um, they, they do. And then there's another friend named John who I haven't met yet, and there's a friend named Colt. And they um, work together on some of these projects, which I'll share at shiftheads.ca so you can see some of the links and conversations that they like to have. Now, that's a long story to get to the point where Colt is on tour with the musical Aladdin as an actor and a dancer, and he's passed through my city. And it was my brain not working very well. We were gonna all connect, we were trying to do these things, and then plans changed and all this stuff, and then I realized, oh yeah, why don't you just call Colt? And so um, it's, I'm very excited to not only introduce you to uh, someone that my friend Brandon speaks extremely highly of. He speaks extremely highly of his appetite for success, his appetite for hard work, his willingness to take on things, and just for being an all-around kind, caring man who will listen to you. And that's how my friend Brandon talks about this guy. Now, Colt is here. Colt Prattis is, um, uh, he's an actor. Uh, he's a dancer. Um, I'm very excited to ask him about Dirty Dancing. Um, but he is on tour with Aladdin. Now, let's start there. Colt, how are you? Thanks for being here, brother. I'm doing well. I can't wipe this smile off my face, man. I mean, I, that was not only obviously an awesome intro to have, you know, to hear about yourself, but to know that your friends, the people that you love, uh, speak so highly and and see you for what you hope to be, see you for the man you hope to be. That's a pretty beautiful moment. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I, I often imagine what life would look like when we introduce people 
in life, right? Like, hey, this is uh, Colt. Hey, this is Steve, right? What if we did that? What if we went, hey, this is Colt. And my favorite thing about Colt today is this. And what if that's how we truly introduced other humans in the world? What a beautiful world we'd live in. I like change that. everything. Accepted. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, let's get started with the business of things. You're on tour with Aladdin. Um, you guys are, uh, you're dancing, you're singing. Um, I love your YouTube reels or your uh, <laughs> Instagram reels and the sort of backstage and stuff. Um, this is a big show. You guys have a long haul. You've been everywhere and you still have everywhere to go. How's it going? Somehow, somehow. Um, it's awesome. I mean, now I'm really fortunate. Uh, this is the second, the 2.0 version of the tour. We started the original tour in 2017. That was the first national. So this is the second national tour. And uh, on the first national, my wife was actually in it from its inception, right? And that lasted for three years. And I was shooting a TV show on the Sundance channel called This Close. And so the first two years, I was out there doing that and doing some other little projects. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I wish I could be in the show, but, you know, they're not going to let me go do this as well. And that was when that was just kind of taking off. And in the third year, right before the third year started, she just turned to me right before Thanksgiving. We we're in a hotel in St. Louis. And she said, I mean, should we just ask? Like, should we just ask and see? I said, you know what? I would, I think, yes, absolutely. So we reached out. I ended up joining the tour. Um, and so we've been traveling together now for, I mean, three, three of our 13 years together, going back and forth across, you know, North America. And it's just, it's the most incredible thing. You can't, you can't write it. It's why my favorite song in the show is a song called A Million Miles Away. Yeah. It's a song about, well, what if, if, if we ran away from home and we maybe after a million miles together, we would finally realize we, we are home. And I could listen to that song every day, every night. And I get to, and I love it because that's what I'm doing. I get to travel all the miles. Oh, that's interesting. My family. Um, yeah. And they're with you always, right? Is home is where home is not a house. That kind of notion is, is that where they are. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Now I know that when you are traveling, I mean, you are bringing your own vehicle. I'm assuming you're towing your boat with you Obviously. based on some Obviously. of your videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, but so there you are, you're with your favorite human being. Um, you've got man's best friend with you. You're dancing and singing for like seven days, five days at a time, mm -hmm. get a couple of days off in between you, you hit the lake in between and you get to enjoy all those pieces as well. And you get to see some beautiful parts of the world. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Rocky Mountains and everything around where I am and where you are today, it's stunning. Now, I've always loved the American West. It's my favorite part. I've driven every tour I've, I've ever done, uh, except when I toured with uh, Pink, the pop star Pink. Um, but every other tour, I've driven it myself. And I love road trips. And I love the American West. There's nothing like that. But... And I hope they don't take my like America card for this, but I drove through <laughs> and y'all what? That's nice. Hey, eh? it's all it right. Is some of the most beautiful country I have ever seen on God's green earth. That was incredible. I mean, we were just driving uh, up from uh, Idaho up into Edmonton and we decided to take the route that would take us through Banff. And then we had to pull over and spend the night. Cause we were like, I can't, I can't leave here yet. It was mm -hmm. incredible. And that's 
it is incredible. that you get to do you get to have these little moments where you just go no, no no let's just stop here you know we're driving through this place let's stop here let's go rent a boat here let's do this you have all those adventures that you dreamed you'd you would have and sometimes you wake up and you just roll over and look and go wow we're doing it it's there that's see that's cool that's inspiring to me and i'm sure that is for all the shift heads listening that you know you can the evidence of your work is in front of you always. And you're not even, by the way, like you're going to Vancouver next. So by the way, you're in for a heck of a drive right. um, to see all of that. Cause you're going to see two sets of mountains, right? You're going to see the Rocky mountains. Then you're going to go to the interior, which is some of the most beautiful lakes. And then you're going to go and you're going to see the coastal mountains, which is on the West coast before you get there. So you've got two sets to go through. I'm so excited. It's my favorite. Everybody, everyone is always asking us cause not a lot of people drive their tours. Um, and, Everyone's always, you know, oh, you got a long, yeah, 16 hour drive. You got a, you know, 12 hour drive. I said, I hope if it's less than six hours, I, I'm, I'm like, oh man, maybe we should like do it and then drive somewhere else. Like I, I love those days because of exactly that. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for that. I'm going to have to, I might take off on. You're going to. Yeah, well, you might want to call in sick for the show in Vancouver because you might want to stop for a couple of days on the way in between. Uh, you're pretty good. Okay, so you play the character Kasim in the show. Uh, tell me about your character and why do you love him? Oh, okay. So Kasim to me is the trio of Babcock, Omar, and Kasim. These are Aladdin's three friends. It's one of the coolest stories to me. Um, so when they originally started uh, production on the, or pre-production on the you know 1992 animated feature, they had written in that Aladdin had three friends and Jasmine had three attendants. And Aladdin had these three friends, Babcock, Omar, Kasim. And they had songs and they had all these scenes and this whole arcing storyline. And for some reason, somebody decided, you know, we're going to take them, compact them down and make Apu and Raja, right? The tiger and the monkey. And when Casey Nicola, our director, got asked by Disney to do this, he said, I want the original story. And they already had, like I said, songs, that Alan Macon and Howard Ashman had written and there's recordings of them doing them. And so that I get to do this original character every night that nobody has any clue is actually a part of Aladdin, which is incredible to me. Um, he's, he's like Aladdin's big brother. He's a boastful. He's, he gets to be silly and he feels like the protector of all of them. Uh, I always say, treat him like, my little secret that I'm going to tell everybody is that if you've seen Disney's Tangled, I treat him like he's Flynn Rider from Tangled before he got his own storyline. He's just that he cares for these other orphans and he's also an orphan and he just, he wants nothing more than to protect them. But sometimes he goes too far and picks fights with bulls a little bigger than he is. Oh, that's good. This is good. I love it. And I love the, um, I like the enthusiasm you carry about the character. I guess when you have to live into it for that long, you really have to believe in it. Well, of course. I mean, that's the best thing about this job of acting and whether it's on stage or on film, I always say I treat, I treat the characters that I'm blessed enough to embody as my friends. You got to love them. You got to love them for all their faults. You've got to see them for who they want to be, not for you know the little mistakes in them. You got to see them for the best in them. And you can't judge it. And so it's just, I just love it. It's, he's also so close to who I have been in my life and who I am at times. I definitely do the same thing. If somebody were to, if somebody, you know, 
says the wrong thing to my wife, I definitely am going to pop right up like that, no matter, no matter the size. Right. And it may not go my way, but it's, it's all out of love. And that's, that's yeah. the story of this show at the end of the day. It's principles, powerfulness. Yeah, it's, it's everything. It's beautiful. Okay. So Kasim is an orphan. Mm -hmm. You are not. Your dad was a police officer, uh, mounted police officer uh, to boot. So how does the relationship of Kasim being an orphan, because uh, through uh, a little birdie that we both know, I know that your relationship with your father is pretty, pretty important to you, um, that you love horses, you love horsemanship and all the things. And because your dad was a, a mounted police and he's been around it too, it's given you quite the opportunity now as a grown man to have a different relationship with your dad. And it must be quite um, inspiring when you know Kasim as an orphan and everything that that character goes mm -hmm. through. Does that allow you some new perspective of gratitude around? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because there, there's two levels to it. Um, there's there's this kind of dichotomy of embracing the chosen family, and that's what he has been forced to do. And he has he has to be this kind of paternal role, which is why he does the things that he thinks he's supposed to do, but he didn't have modeled for him, so, which is why he doesn't choose right all the time. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. I know I certainly can. I had, uh, I always used to explain my father as the best man I'd ever known, as long as you weren't talking about relationships. Like is, if you weren't talking about his wife and kids, the best man, you, I mean, the best friend you could ever hope for, he's going to be there for you no matter what. But he had his own issues in his upbringing and he, but he taught me so much about hard work. And when you're, when you, when he was there, he was there. When you were in his mm -hmm. sphere, he was everything. I mean, you were everything to him in that moment. And he wanted nothing more than to be there and give you attention and hear who you really were. And I've learned uh, to be selective with my energy to the best of my ability because of that. Um, mm. I I choose very carefully because I, I watched him choose as he, I mean, as he told us, you know, very often and told me, I, I made a lot of mistakes so you don't have to, you're still gonna make them, but I'm giving you, <laughs> I'm giving you the tools to know that you don't have to keep making them. And uh, right. yeah. So every once in a while, there will be something that will happen in the show where I'll have a, because I'm also older in life by far than the other, than the other guys that play these roles. And especially, you know, Adi, who plays Aladdin, he just turned 21. You know, wow. I remember when I was in my first national tour and I was 21 and the things that I was doing. I had people step up to me and give me that advice. And every once in a while, we'll be in the middle. There's one scene at the top of act two. And it is my favorite scene to do because it's not, it's not, I mean, it is funny. There's comedy through everything, but it's the only time where I get to really drop in with him. And every once in a while, when it just, when the world just lines up with the stars and everything's perfect and both of us drop in, there's a real tension of, I'm, I'm having a big brother him in the only way that I know how until I burst and then he bursts. And it's just, it happened the other night, which is why it's so fresh and vivid in my mind. And we were out right after celebrating uh, somebody's birthday. And I just pulled him aside and I said, I'm so proud of you. 
that was incredible to uh, to be able to drop in like that and to just meet me where we needed to be that was amazing and it's those moments right that we we chase in life that we chase it's not just acting acting is art imitating life that's the whole goal and it's those moments when you when you have a conversation with somebody and you know i this is my entire self i am naked in front of you i am emotionally barren and this is what it is or bare not barren but emotionally bare laid bare and you are doing the same and we are having this whatever this is whether it's up down left right good bad but it's happening and it's real and acting helps me do that and helps me be a better friend and my life and friends like Brandon help me to do that on stage better because if I know myself better I can know these characters better you've brought me to uh, an interesting place I mean synchronicity is the word that comes to mind for me um, through that and finding synchronicity in life in general it sounds like that's really what you're out for I mean to me if I had to guess what your word was you're I would say it's probably synchronicity because um, there is a connection to synchronicity too it's not just alignment it's not agreement um, there's a interwoven connection to the word synchronicity in, in a mindful look at it. it's beautiful what I'm really hearing here though Colt is that when you're on stage whether you're on tour with pink before or whether you're doing Aladdin and, and the character of Kasim on stage on the tour today, that you take time from your life to practice the character of Kasim on a stage. And it seems to me, and I have to understand, like I went to theater school, I was a sound designer for theater before I got into all radio. So, I mean, I, I would consider myself at least comfortable in a theater. It seems to me that you take time from your life to get to know and rehearse Kasim and rehearse Aladdin, the musical on stage. And yet the, the real give back is you're rehearsing life on stage as Kasim and able to take that back into life every day. And the laboratory becomes the 100%. stage and the practice. I think, for that's, life. I think it's a really beautiful way to word it. It's how, I mean, it's why I got into it in the first place. I remember exactly where I was when I decided I wanted to do this. I was watching my best friend uh, from, I mean, we met, I think when we were 11 or 12, and we went to the same high school. We went to the same college. We were roommates in college, lived together in New York after that. He's an extremely successful actor uh, in Broadway, on Broadway. And he auditioned for the musical, right? And I didn't know what a musical was. I just played sports my whole life. And he auditioned for the musical. And I went and saw it. And I was sitting there and I was watching. It's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And in the opening big number, there's like, 11 brothers they're all dancing and they're doing this kind of fiddler on the roof step kneel slide down stage and i was looking and i was smiling i was so proud of him and i looked down the row and everybody was smiling everybody and i went this is that's not my life right i don't have this this kind of situation at home i want to do this wherever i can to bring this to everybody that I can. And it was an escape. I got to go to school and stay for four or five hours after every day and work on these things that allowed me to do the work that I couldn't do necessarily at home, right? And then that turned into exactly what you're talking about where um, 
there's another person that actually I interviewed for a different project named Gavin Creel, who's a very big Broadway name. And he and I talked about this. He said, every time that I'm on stage and I feel like I'm just saying the lines, I just open my ears and remember to listen. And I started doing that even more in my relationship. When I feel like I'm just reciting whatever lines or trying to get the conversation over, you know, if we're having an argument, just open your ears, Colt. What, what is she saying? What is what is your friend saying? What is this person just anywhere? All of your interactions, what are they really saying? Just listen and respond. And that's all acting is. And you're absolutely right in your uh, assessment that being on stage, when I'm working, I feel like I am a better human being. I'm better at being a human being. That's beautiful. And I... I... I also see, and we'll have to save this part of the conversation for another day, because I hope you'll come back, um, your love affair of horses. If you're going to talk about synchronicity and practicing life and relationships, um, I, I, I now understand without even seeing it, um, why the horse friendship relationship is so integral yeah. uh, I mean, to, that was, to your fiber. That was the connecting, that was the connecting thread between uh, my pop and I, was he, the, the only yeah. real time that I got to spend with him uh, was I've got these little pictures that I, his, his now wife, my stepmom just gave me a year ago. And I immediately took pictures and sent them to Brandon and John. And, um, and they're just pictures of me and him on my horses. Well, he told me it was my horse. Bob, the ninja horse was my first horse, um, really his horse bear that <laughs> nobody else could ride except for him and his somewhere between the ages of two and, you know, seven year old son, and um, I mean, wow! just looking back at that and, and I equated a lot of times to surfers, like to the ocean, but it's a life that's right there in front of you. You have to acknowledge that this animal is so much more powerful than you, but there has to be an understanding of and respect of from both of you what each of you can do for each other so that you know as i've said to brandon so you carry me i carry you right and oh, oh yeah we can I, I would i would be able to come back and we can talk about that. that's um, yeah do that because that's where the dance begins so we can call you a dancer all you like and sure you do it on stage and you're really great at it but i mean really this is the dance that uh, that happens uh, of all all life things colt um uh, we just got started at Scratch the Service. We got so much more to talk about. I appreciate it. I find it insightful. I find it inspiring, um, touching, and I do find it connected. So thank you for allowing me to feel connected and welcoming me and all of these misfits that are on listening to the show right now that uh, that are, are here for allowing that space. Um, the business part of it is the Aladdin musicals in Calgary this weekend, Vancouver next weekend. Uh, give it a look so you can go uh, check it out. And maybe next time when Colt comes back, I'll teach him how to do some ab workouts because <laughs> he needs a little help Thank there. You. I'll put a pic. I'll, <laughs> I'll put a picture up at shiftheads.ca so you can see how sarcastic I'm being. Uh, brother, it, pleasure was mine. It was. It really was a treat. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for Game Showing. It's a game show on the radio. 
Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, why? Thank you, Bob. Today's a good day. Today is a great day. It's time for some trivia. It's time for the game showy. And uh, because we had a musical theater star on earlier in the show with Colt, or you'll get to hear coming up, why not celebrate with some musical theater trivia? drama kid in me is gonna gonna have a good day today here's how this works friends if you're new here our contestants shane hewitt and andy barrar are going to pick a category and a difficulty of question in the category now today we're playing for tony's which is the oscars equivalent for musical theater hey tony so, hey tony i know it does kind of sound like hey I'll and, get you get an and you get an anthony and you get an anthony and you get an anthony we should definitely do a Sopranos mobster trivia, by the way. So Ooh, we can mobster game show. I'm in. Fly, okay. Sign me up. Nice. Done deal. Anyway, so one Tony is an easy question. Three Tony. is hard. Okay. Now, if you get the question right, you will hear this. He's having a stroke. What? I'm genius! <laughs> a stroke of genius. Well done. And if it's wrong, you'll hear this. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Try again. No, no. Now, there's also three categories. Again, they are name that show. So I'm going to play you a couple of seconds from a musical theater song, and you need to tell me what show that's from. Not the name of the song. That'd be pretty hard. The other categories are uh, theater icons, so that's character-specific, and then Broadway, which will be specifically... Uh, some plays on Broadway. Now we also have a very special question, which is only for the shift heads. It's hidden right in the show. And one lucky contestant could be Andy, could be Shane. will stumble across it and could win two Tonys. When we find the text line special, it's going to sound like this. Okay. Do you hear the people sing? I will not be singing tonight, although it may put me in the mood for it. Here's your question, friends. 877-399-9898. What is the longest running musical in Broadway history? A hint, it ended earlier this year. Is it The Producers, The Book of Mormon, Phantom of the Opera, or Wicked? Again, what is the longest-running musical in Broadway history? The Producers, The Book of Mormon, Phantom of the Opera, or Wicked? Text in your answers, and you could be the game-changer in this edition of Game Showy. Our three categories are Name That Show, Theater Icons, and Broadway... Handy Andy Barrar is our special guest. It's time for us to battle it out on Game Showy. Big fat jazz hands. Gotta Up. have the jazz hands. Gotta have the jazz hands. Okay, well, it's only courteous. This is the, the tradition. You come on Game Showy, you get to go first on your first go. So, Handy Andy, it's up to you. You're getting the first go at it. Where are we going? So I can pick any of the three categories? And any, any of the three categories and any difficulty. You can start off strong or you can start easy. Up to you. Well, well, 
I think I need to get some momentum going before, okay, you know, okay. getting to the hard. Okay. So let's go name that show tune, uh, the easy for the easy one. For one the song. easy. Okay. All right. This is a pretty iconic theater song. And most people would say this is the only reason why you would ever go and actually sit through this show. What song, what musical is this song from? Big, big, big pipes on that. The, the, your hint, I'm not going to give you options. I'll give you the hint, is that this was adapted into a movie which was a complete and total disaster Ooh. recently. Did, what year did this movie come out? Uh, oh, that's a good question. We don't get that deep, Andy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 2020, I think. I think. Yeah. Well, so what I, are you, I, the, uh, yeah. So what is it from? Well, I recognize I recognize that melody um, from when I was young. Um, cats? Yes, that's correct. It is really? cats. Me? Oh, yes. yes. What? I'm genius. You are a genius. Well, they made done. a movie out of cats. I didn't know oh, that. Oh yeah, they they did. Uh, don't ever watch it. Uh, no. It is horrible. Uh, yeah, James Corden. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, yeah, Cats the Musical, Andrew Lloyd Webber. It was a huge show on Broadway. And one of the main reasons people went was just so they, they could hear that song, Memory, live and get the goosebumps, which they did because it's a fantastic song. Well done, Andy. Shane, your go. You know, if they had made a movie out of dogs, people would have gone to watch it. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Broadway for one one Tony. Give me one, Anthony. It's a Tony. Okay. All right. This was the hottest show, not just on Broadway, but on the planet for several years. Mm. What is the name of the musical penned by Lin-Manuel Miranda that was loosely based on a biography related to the American dream? Rent, Hamilton, Chicago, or West Side Story? Uh, the most popular of all those recently uh, there, Rye Guy, was The Hammer. We're going after The Hammer. Also the one Hammer. of my favorite broadcast cities. Nice. Well done. Nice little way to spin that. That's correct. Yes, Hamilton. He's having a stroke. What? I'm genius! The, uh, yes. the rap musical itself, I've never seen it. It received Pulitzer Prizes, 11 Tony Awards, uh, and uh, yeah, kind of owned the world for a while there. Well done. And now you we're right I back discovered to in all this here, right? Yeah. What's that? Um, we don't have any cat sound effects. I wonder Somehow why that I'm is. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I wonder why. It's almost like yeah. you hate cats or something. I've, it's almost. I, yeah, almost. Andy, <laughs> here go, my friend. Where are we? What are we doing? Okay, let's uh, let's try theater icons for uh, the intermediate difficulty. <laughs> Two, Andy. For so one, two, or two, three. It's two. not hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, for two. This is another uh, very, very famous musical. What is the name of the protagonist? Les Miserables. Oof. Is it Jean Valjean, Javert, Cassette, or Fantine? Whoa. You, should, you should have added, like, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just and John. <laughs> can, can, Ryan, can you say those again? They sounded yes. so similar. They do, yeah. They kind of blend together. Okay, can you I will say them say with a French accent, please? 
I will. All of these are actual characters in Les Mis, but one of them is kind of the main guy or gal. Is it Jean Valjean, Javert, Cosette, or Fantine? I'm going to go with Javert. Sounds like, a, sounds like the right answer. Javert. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that the incorrect no. answer? No. <laughs> no, no. Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean is the, uh, is the Wait, main did character I get a in Lima. Didn't what I just say that? Jean Val- what did I say? Javert? You said Javert. Javert. Oh, oh, Shane, I'm did... sorry. I forgot to let you see that. I was supposed that. to it's get okay. a chance to steal. What happened? Um... What is okay? I'll give you. No, give no, you, it's fine. Let's oh, just move on. It's fine. Okay, you and yeah. your you and your sink my ship bias is clear again today. Trucker Dan, help me out. It's well. All right. I just got excited I, with the French accent. That's all. Yeah, anyway, oh. yeah, that's the story of uh, you know uh, redemption after being in prison for nineteen years and then uh, basically helping a French Revolution fail. But uh, great show. Very good show. Some great songs in there. Uh, mm. So incorrect, though. Sorry, Andy. And it is Shane's turn now. Shane? C'est une, c'est une escroquet. It's a scam. <laughs> um, okay, Broadway so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Broadway since uh, I lost my free pass at two. Thanks. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go Broadway and two Tonys. Give me two Tonys. Two Tonys. Hey, two Tonys. Hey, two Tonys. Hey, lucky you. It's your lucky day, because you just had landed on the text line special, my friend. That, that on, song is in Les Mis. Okay, so the question is, what is the longest-running musical in Broadway history? The options, the producers, the Book of Mormon, Phantom of the Opera, or Wicked? And uh, it was actually a... There was... A, there was a text for all of those answers, which is interesting. That doesn't usually happen. However, we do have an overwhelming winner, which is Phantom of the Opera. We got texts from Tina, who actually got to see it in London, UK. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Glennie, oh, Bryce, Jason, thank you all for your tests, texts, and congratulations. That is very much the correct answer. He's having a stroke. What? I'm genius! That show ran from 1988 till earlier this year. Wild. I saw it and in Calgary, the touring show. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I never got to see it, uh, but I did. The chandelier, uh, to, man. There's, there's yeah. two scenes that I remember blew my mind. The chandelier coming down and going through the floor, and when they were in the in the dungeon and they jumped off the balcony into the fog yep. and then just disappeared. That was wild. Yeah. I'll never forget that. It's a, it's a spectacle. I, I was in a production of a show called the least offensive play in the world where there was a joke about phantom. And I actually was dressed up like a chandelier and just ran back and forth across the stage at one <laughs> oh, point, dodging fun. people. That was that's a blast. Well, well done. done shift heads. Well done. So Shane now is in the lead oh, three man. and Andy is Close behind. Wait, wait, wait. One. Shane gets Shane gets that when he didn't even answer it. The, I know, he, I picked it though. That's the thing. He ran. He's. He but if the shift heads it. got it wrong, then I don't mm. get the points, right? Oh, so mm. I'm at the mercy mm. of the shift heads. Yes. Oh. But Andy, have no fear. There are plenty of big, big questions here that could push you in the lead still. So it's up to you, man. Where are we okay, going? Okay. Okay. Um, let's do. Let's do something. I got. I need a win. So let's go mm-hmm. theater icons for three. For three. Okay, this is one of the most famous musicals of all time. Very much on stage when like local theater productions, Broadway, and like four million movie adaptations. Annie, the little the little ginger kid. What is the name 
of Annie. <laughs> Sorry, what is the name of Annie's dog in Annie? Ginger Kid. That's not. Yeah, right. I don't know why. Just the first thing that came to my head was the big, you know, beautiful ginger afro. It's the first mm-hmm. thing that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. What's the name of the dog? Is it Doggy Warbucks? Yeah. <laughs> Rusty, Rex, Buddy, or Sandy? Oh wow. Um, I- I'm going to go with Sandy because it rhymes with Andy. This is a wild <laughs> guess. <laughs> I hate that. That's correct. It is Sandy. It's all yes. See? Yes. That is the idea. But in doubt. After you Andy know? escapes the orphanage, she runs into a stray dog, which comforts him. And then, you know, uh, they she realizes the dog is uh, special. They become friends. And uh, she pretends the dog is hers because there's a guy trying to take it. And she names it Sandy. There you go. Well done. So we got a tie game now. Oh, wow. And it's Shane's oh. turn. It's tie game. Okay, so um, we've got uh, four, three for Andy. Our categories are Name That Show theater icons and broadway um okay i'm gonna go with Ooh, i get myself in a pickle i'm gonna make it hard on andy if i go for two that gives me five that only leads mm-hmm. me on one you can tie it or kick my butt wow you got Ugh. strategy too here you, oh, you, oh yeah you, we're running out of, there's only four minutes left we're running out of time so i'm gonna go no i'm gonna go middle of the road and i'm gonna make it either harder on andy that's what i'm gonna do here i'm gonna go name that show tune for uh two antonies okay here we go what musical does this duet hail from okay so i'm gonna play it and then if you can't answer it right away i will give you one hint okay so here is the song and tell me if you know which musical it's from those crunching noises pervading the air yes mr toad yes mr toad yes all around it's man devouring man my dear then who I'm gonna go for a. uh, I'm gonna go for a hint because I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. Okay, this musical takes place in London, and it may involve a little hint of cannibalism. Ah. Thank you. That was it. Um, That is uh, Sweeney Todd, friends, the barber one. Yes, Sweeney Todd and the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. That is correct. Yes. He's having a I was thinking of um, uh, the Venus Flytrap one. Oh, oh um, um, Little uh, Shop of Horror? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think that one was England. I just knew that there was a bunch of blood. Anyway. Oh, I, oh, I yeah, love that. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic musical, by the way. Stephen Sondheim, amazing. Adore that show. And a Both. great movie adaptation by Tim Burton as well. Okay, so Shane is now sitting at five Tonys. Well done. Andy, you're at three, but oh, there is still four. one. Four. Th- you're at four. So it is. Cl- it, oh, yeah, he is at four. So this is very tight. This is this is anybody's game still. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I want to win. So let's go name that show tune for three. Name that show tune for three. Okay, here we go. So again, I'm going to play you the song, and you need to tell me what musical it's from, and I will give you a hint if you need it, okay? Okay. Here we go. He's going to be a producer. Look out for the Look here. I 
wow. That's that guy's got fair. some pipes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got some pipes. Uh, I'm going to need a hint. I think I okay. kind of know. I think I know, but I don't okay. think I know. Okay, so I had a hint. However, it's very specific to a story that I know I've told on the shift before, so I'm going to give you a different hint. So that song is from the musical with the most Tony wins ever. And Ooh. singing that song was Matthew Broderick, like Ferris Bueller. Oh, oh, Bueller. I think I know this Andy. one. It's um, Andy. Andy. Producer? Andy. Is it? That's what it is? The producer? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that, it, it was actually the second word of the darn song, stupid clip. Having a stroke. What? I'm genius! Which is where that clip is also from. Yes, the producers. 12 Tony Awards. My favorite musical Aye. of all time. What, when and, did it come uh, out? Do you so, know? It's been around for a long time because Mel Brooks originally made it into a movie in the 19, I believe, late 70s. And then it was adapted into a musical in the 2000s. And it was a worldwide massive success. And yeah. uh, it's uh, still very much stands the test of time. Again, a pretty solid movie adaptation of it, uh, if you want to watch it. With Will Ferrell's also in that movie, too. Great song. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? So there you go. Andy... Taken three Tonys, which, uh, uh, yeah, Shane, I don't think you, oh, yeah, you could mathematically win. There's one three question left. Do we have time? Yes, there is. So I'll have to take Broadway for three Antonys, please. Okay. Which Broadway musical featured a helicopter on stage and was the one musical I got a solo number in in high school? Uh Is it the South Pacific, Miss Saigon, Spider-Man the Musical, or Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, there wasn't a Heartland musical, was there? There was not a, thank God, there was not a Heartland musical. Yeah. <laughs> there is only that one that I'm aware of that actually has a helicopter in it. And I believe that was Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. When most people think of that show, they think of the story between Chris and Kim and the helicopter flying over the stage. That is correct. Yes. He's having a stroke. What? I'm genius! That was a tight round of game showy. Jeez, yeah, that's correct. Miss Saigon, huge show. Very depressing. Like, do not, like, you're going to cry. I mean, a lot of these are actually very depressing. It's nice to go every now and then and find a fun show, like Aladdin. But, yeah. You're going to cry because Ryan is singing his first solo. It'll move you, even. Handy Andy Barrar shows up and battles it out on Game Showy and misses by only one point. Good job, Handy Andy. Our winner tonight is Shane Hewitt. Yay! Join us next time here on Game Showy. Don't forget to get your pet spayed or neutered. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you being here, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hopefully next time I'll, I'll make a comeback whenever you need me. That's great. Absolutely. Happy to have you. Appreciate it. Handy Andy's with us on Mondays. He does gadgets and gardening and DIY and so much more. So join us on Mondays and don't forget to check out Andy's uh, video blog, which is on YouTube. And you can link to all of his videos because he shares them at shiftheads.ca on our Facebook group. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with 
I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in the city of Airdrie, just north of Calgary. Ron O'Donnell is in downtown Calgary, and John O'Chung is pushing the buttons in downtown Vancouver. Are you okay with? 877-399-9898. Share your thoughts on these stories. Moose. Are you okay with the moose? I like moose. Meese. What is it? It's, it's just plural of a moose is a moose. Yeah. Plural of a moose is a moose. Yeah. Uh, they're cool. Uh, they are deceptively enormous, right? Like you see a picture of a moose and you're like, oh yeah. And then you see one in person and you're like, that thing could crumple a bear if it wanted to. They're oh. gigantic. Good luck if you run one over. I don't think you actually run oh. one over. I, I, you kind of run one under. <laughs> you run one under or it decides to take a one-way trip on your wheel, on your windshield and just mm. whoop. Right. Although in the land of Mother Nature and all things animal design, a terrible ratio likes to body, you know, really out of balance, top heavy, very top heavy. I th- I see a lot of videos of uh, like I, I watch it, get a lot of cool nature videos on TikTok, actually. And there was this one of a moose in the water and it's like perfect level for it to kind of just wade in the water and i wonder if the long legs are to help them swim or to just not get too deep in the snow oh maybe walk across the lake how do they yep. navigate through the trees though i mean they walk through the forest and they got that big racking antlers on their head and they somehow seem to navigate through i can't go through a doorway without getting the doorknob snagged in my pocket and so somehow a moose can navigate through trees and branches with that big rack on their head. Which then gets mounted on a wall. And <laughs> eventually oh, wanders oh. into traffic. No. Right. Okay. Uh, BC man is in deep trouble after he rescued a moose. Now that headline is kind of misleading because there's some fascinating debate starting to unfold online about this story. If Mark Scage could turn back the clock, he said he would still rescue Misty, a young moose calf, from the side of a northern B.C. highway in early June. The Fort Nelson man, an experienced outdoorsman, says he found the calf unaccompanied by her mother on June 6, about five and a half hours drive north of the community on Alaska Highway. He claims to have seen a black bear nearby. He brought this little gal back to uh, back to town to a farm, and eventually the B.C. conservation officer uh, service was able to bring her south to a permitted wildlife rehab center in Dawson Creek. Yet his efforts, which involved use of his work truck, have now cost him his job, Skage told Global News this weekend. Skage drove the calf five and a half hours south to Fort Nelson in his work truck, where he dropped it off at a farm. She came to me and I decided I'd, I'd answer the call. When I opened the door, she jumped in the truck. Skage, seen here talking to a friend while transporting the moose, has since been fired by AFD Petroleum, which has released dash cam detailing a very different story. That little guy was so scared, I opened the door, jumped right in the truck. (laughs) But company video shows the employee heaving the struggling moose calf into his cluttered truck cab some three hours earlier. You guys like pets and stuff, right? Like pets? Yeah. Yeah. We We got our shell, though. How how are you with secrets? <laughs> Why what? I can be pretty good with secrets. Well, I have something that I need somebody to take care of. The conservation officer service, which is investigating the incident, moved the moose to a rehab center in Dawson Creek, where it remains. Do not 
supposed to pick up wildlife. You're not supposed to transport wildlife. I get all that, right? What I did was I believe something higher. AFD says the two-way work truck video shows no evidence of a bear nearby and no sign of Skage searching for the calf's mother. His decision to capture the moose made in less than two minutes. Okay. Uh, contrary mm. to Skage's statement, Reimer claims Skage did not contact... Uh, I don't know what that means. Further, uh, he said... Uh, all AFD staff are required to undergo training on human resources, policies, and procedures, including protocols interacting with wildlife. Can we just acknowledge that there is actually a, <laughs> and actually a policy about picking up wildlife? Just to be clear, that's weird. Uh, yeah. So Which that's means- like the silicapax, like, right, the do not eat. There, somebody yes. has been through this warranting yes, exactly. a policy. According to a 2002 article published in the Journal for Wildlife Management, predation was responsible for 92% of all moose calf deaths in eastern interior Alaska, with black bears making up 45% of the kills. So he broke the rules, and um, and uh, that's the way it goes. I don't know. He broke the rules. And also, uh, this might... I hope this doesn't sound, like, crass or anything, but, like, the nature works... Right. Like the bear, if mm. the bear was going to get the moose, that's like because like well, of nat- mother nature, natural that's selection, not, right? that's natural selection. Right. Like it's you don't always need to interrupt that, especially if there's a rule saying, hey, please do not do this. And I do get a little bit of a sketchy vibe from the, hey, how well can you keep a secret? Keep a secret. In the, yeah. yeah, that just that is a little, a little strange. There's definitely a lot of layers to this uh thing but i am i will say i am happy that the moose is not a pet at someone's home right now and that it's on a a preserve where it can live but what if the moose's mom was actually just around the corner and the dude just scooped it like there's a lot of wrong that could happen Mm -hmm. here there's a lot of wrongs uh nighthawk steve says as a trucker i hate moose no thanks yeah yeah fair um yeah so i mean if you're a truck and it's a fox or something or a coyote probably just a bump bump roll along it's a moose ah, that's a different story okay are you okay with a uh, similar story much smaller animal wiener dogs i like wiener dogs they can't they're jump on cute. a couch though they can't jump on a couch but they make really good pets like they're a very good dog to have from uh it's funny because like Laura's parents who now have the golden retriever, mm-hmm. they're like, man, this dog's a lot of work. Maybe we should have gotten a wiener dog. <laughs> well, golden retrievers uh, generally have always been a lot of work. Should not be surprised by that one. Yeah. Um, well, they make great uh, pets and adorable Instagram pages and they look really cute when you put costumes on them. That's for sure. They're not the fastest. Of course, they got tiny little legs. They take an awful lot of steps the same distance of walk that most dogs take. Now, that didn't stop Californians getting together for the 26th Wiener Schnitzel Wiener Nationals. <laughs> the yes, canine race at called. Los Alamitos Racecourse featured dozens of long dogs running 50-yard trial heats before the final championship race to crown the top dog. We have the fastest winner in the West contest here in the 26th annual Wiener Schnitzel Wiener Nationals. Insane. There's so many wiener dog people, and wiener dog people are just the best people. Oh no! Everybody's so supportive, and everybody's so happy that you know to see to see her finish, and it's just one really big wiener 
we got a tremendous championship race, a great field. First of all, Burr, he's from Cyprus, so he's our local boy. Beanie ran second. He should have won, but he turned the wrong way. Frankie and Kirby, yeah, they'll be in there. I think they'll need a clean start, good start. Maybe they'll get in there. Bean and Penny G round out the field. It's going to be a great one. Okay. Um, that's great. I love the, the, the wiener, biggest wiener of the West or whatever that was. Yeah. You're going to love this next clip then. Now, we have you ever wondered what a wiener race sounds like? Wiener dog race, not a wiener race. That's a different race. How do you keep the dog's attention during the competition? Of course, squeaky toys. The fastest weenie in the West. West. Yes. This is the world we live in. Okay. Uh, It's from ABC7, by the way. So in case you missed it, the fastest dash in Saturday's event was Beanie Von Weenie. The fastest weenie in the West. Beanie Von Weenie. Um, Great name, though. The race served as a fundraiser for the Seal Beach Animal Care Center. I don't get the I don't get the connection, but <laughs> yeah. good for them for fundraising. Um, they gave away a thousand dollars for a fast wiener uh, to fundraise for seals. Okay, there you go. Um, thanks for listening. Appreciate you investing <laughs> your time with us here. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't get your time back. This is one of those moments. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. season of 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global Stream on Stack TV